0: and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast.
1: This might be college football, heaven.
2: And lift off here on a Thursday afternoon. Welcome in. Glad you're with us along couple hours ahead and we'll have a number of important guests. so thank you very, very much uh, for being here. A number of things are going on and uh, we will uh, update you. A couple of guests will drop by. We have Seth Emerson joining us in just a minute to talk about the dogs. Big night of basketball last night. I mean there were just blow it was blowout city, so much conversation about South Carolina at Auburn and Auburn just uh, absolutely uh, destroys uh, the Gamecocks, Tennessee with a big win. We're going to go to calls a little bit early today at 855-242-7285, and then we'll uh, start loading up the guests, some very uh, interesting guests on tap on this Thursday afternoon. And who gets the honor of being the first caller? Want to take a guess, Randy? Did you say, did you say Swamp Dog for, uh, for, for 100, Alex? That's what we said, and <laughs> Swamp Dog is in here first.
3: Hello, Mr. Paul. Hello. How you doing? Yeah, I want to talk to you um, a little bit about uh, last, you know, the way the schedules have been since uh, they they had divisions, you know. Yes, sir. Uh, I I know Georgia always plays Auburn. I know the crossover thing, how it works. They play Auburn every year, and they rotate between the rest of the West. You know, I don't remember Texas A&M and Georgia ever playing each other. Well, Mount, they play, uh,
2: well they they did because I remember being at the game. It was about uh about 4 or 5 years ago. I remember uh a late November game. I uh, distinctly remember that.
3: Okay. But I think I I can recall them playing Arkansas and Ole Miss, and Mississippi State and LSU. but I just can't remember them playing at uh State in I don't know why.
2: Well, Is that you you obviously missed it because uh,
3: <laughs> I mean I I don't remember yeah.
2: every game, but uh, they played in 2019.
3: Okay. Well, I was just curious, and they're not playing each other this year either. I seen the schedule; they're not playing each other this year. I don't know if there's any reason behind that or not, but you know.
2: And by the way, Georgia won that game nineteen to thirteen. It was a pretty good game. Uh, Georgia 19, was uh, 13. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was really a good game. Okay. That's when Jimbo well, Fisher uh, hadn't quite lost his uh, mojo. Right. Yeah. He was. He he was still a
3: a good guy back then, huh? <laughs>
2: Well, I don't know. I don't, first of all, he was never a good guy. He was, he was a better coach.
3: Yeah. Well, let me ask you something else. Have you, uh, have you, have you, tried your karaoke, your karaoke thing lately? Uh, none of that. No,
2: I have not done that. Hey, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. Bash is up next. Good afternoon, Bash.
4: Bash brother Paul.
2: Thanks for taking my call.
4: Randy roll. tight to you, sir.
2: By the way, for the record, Bash Randy is not an Alabama fan.
4: I know, but he always responds to me. So Well, nice. that's just
2: because he feels sorry for you.
4: Why would he feel sorry for me? I'm an Alabama fan who lives in Boulder, Colorado. Well, that's why I feel I sorry for you. I appreciate the sympathy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, who are you a fan of, feel Randy? sorry for me, Paul. Sure the tide. Randy grew up in Winston, North Carolina. I don't think he really cares about the tide. Yeah, I mean, it's
4: – you're All right. right. Let's I mean, get to North your point, Carolina, okay? We, from... we
2: only have four hours here today.
4: I'm sorry, Paul. I was just responding to what you were saying. But uh, I just wanted to offer an idea that yesterday was presented about Legends uh, UFC cage matches that he uh, has been trying to get scheduled for some of these callers. I wanted to ask you a question, Paul, that you alluded to a couple months ago. Is your former agent Nick Khan? Yes. The president of the $21 billion entity known as TKO, correct?
2: That is correct. You're 100% right about that.
4: Wouldn't he be the perfect one to get these UFC cage fights
2: scheduled initially? He probably would. Uh, he knows me, knows the show, knows Randy. Yeah. He, Nick, Nick, Nick represented you too, didn't he, Randy? Yeah. yeah.
4: Back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> that's, um, that's amazing.
2: Yeah, no, he so was you, uh, he re- was my uh, he was my first agent. Uh and he uh he uh he was my agent until uh he left uh, about three years ago to go to WWE.
4: Do you guys still talk to each other? Do you just keep in touch? Yeah, a little bit. A I, I mean,
2: I've, I've, I've sent him some, you know, encouraging notes during the uh, Vince McMahon deal, and he seems That's to be. He seems to, to be suffering about. all the way to the bank.
4: Oh, suffering all the way to the bank. You think yeah. he's going to be coming ahead of this controversy? Well, I, mean, I mean, Nick has gone, gone doing... from
2: uh, vice president to president. I think he's doing okay.
4: Agreed, but there is still the the rumors of the allegation that anyone that's connected to well, no, but uh, that is is true. But uh,
2: those allegations, I think, predate uh, Mr. Khan's arriving at WWE.
4: I would agree with that. In my opinion, I think him and Ari have been orchestrating this hostile takeover to be like to bring the two companies together to be like, all right. We're going to take the McMahons out, and we're going to take over this company yeah. going forward. I mean, now, listen, the, the, the,
2: the other side of that adventure is pretty powerful.
4: Well, with $21 billion behind and a new $5 billion Netflix deal, it's kind of hard to see where, where does the ceiling is held at that point. And I have to be honest, Paul, you being a client of the man that orchestrated all of kind of makes you a celebrity by association. But I still think that if there is a possibility that me and legend can get scaled in a, scheduled in a cage match, I think you're, done. you're,
2: you're what, how old are you bash? You're in your twenties. Are you 20 yet?
4: Yes, I am in my twenties. Correct. Sir.
2: Are you in what, uh, what type of physical condition are you in? I live in Colorado, Paul, so you already know I'm in good shape. Well, uh, I ask all that because to get in the ring with Legend, you better be in uh, more than good shape. You have seen that
4: man's face, right? That dope I, I, I know Legend pretty oh, well. Man. I've,
2: I've uh, been around Legend a number of times. We've had lunch together. We have uh, dined together. Um, Bash, it's not really a matter of uh, whether you would win the cage match. It's really a matter of whether you would survive. survive? Would I survive?
4: I would, Paul, this is the same uh, uh, association that you had with me and Jim saying if I were to go in a feud with him, he would decapitate me. He would. Let me explain something to you, uh, Paul. The only decapitation that would occur is me biting Jim's head clean off his body and shoving it up his ass where it belongs. And the same thing is going to happen if Legends crosses me one more time and calls me rash and has anything disrespectful to say about my Denver Broncos. Because where does he get off, Paul, when he is an Indianapolis Colts fan? You know he has so much nerve to talk about John Elway and Peyton Manning. He needs to get over it and realize Peyton Manning left the Indianapolis coach almost
2: 15 years ago and hasn't been back there ever since. I have to tell you this, uh, Bash. I'm impressed with your fight here today. I, mean, I didn't know Bash. I mean, I well, think the key to Bash is just you know get him upset. I mean, Bash. I'm impressed. Keep going. Thank you,
4: Paul. I've been hanging around in the bubble for all this whole week. Yeah. I'm tired of it. I mean, bash, so, While we have
2: a second here, let me give you some advice. When, when you get when you get on the on the phone tomorrow, whenever you call next, you know, dispense with the preamble. Okay, get right to the meat. Dispense with the. Pre- Just get right to it.
4: Well, if there's anything about me, Paul, I like to get right to it. Well, I know, but and you always seem like, like you got to like,
2: clean out your bong first and, you know, pour the water <laughs> out. Just go, man. I live in Colorado. I know where you live. Some days. I know. I've been there.
4: Well, like I said, you and Randy and the whole Paul Fumann crew can come anytime you want to, and I will welcome you with open arms.
2: Well, that is very kind of you, Bash, and uh, you, you take care of yourself. Frank is up next. Uh, hey, Frank. Hey, how you doing? We are doing great. Hey, I was gonna tell you, I heard
5: you've uh probably been two or three months. I've tried to call and call. I can't get ever get in. But uh you were talking about a movie about Pat Dye. And,
2: a documentary. Uh
5: documentary. Alabama Public Alabama Public Television has a show called Mighty The Life and Legacy of Pat Dye. Have you ever seen it? Well, I think that's the one we're talking about. Okay. Well, I didn't know if you knew about it, but it's well, really, no, it's no so I know I do. Well, the reason I
2: know about it is they came down, they they flew up here and interviewed me for it. That's how I know about it.
5: Okay, yeah, he uh he raised those Japanese maple trees, yeah, and uh, right. It's quite interesting. I met you a long time ago. You remember when uh the uh, Birmingham News had that article out of the Alabama Gang book? Yeah, I do. I bought one of them, and I met you when I was walking in to go buy that book. Oh, did you really? Ago. Wow,
2: that's uh, very cool. Yeah. All right, that's what I'm Hey, well, thank you, you for about. the call, Frank. You be well. I'm, I'm glad bye, to have bye. met you um, a number of years ago. You take care of yourself. Don't say it. was that, Randy? Don't say it. Just take one more. Okay. Jeff is up next. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Paul, this is Jeff, longtime listener, first-time hey there. caller. Hey there, Jeff. Just curious, they're talking about having nil for high school football here in Alabama, and I was just curious, I mean, you know, what your take is, you know, and what do you think the effect might have? Well, I think, I think there's already stuff that goes on under the table. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to it. At this point, uh, they're going to get the money anyway. They might as well start getting it at a young age. I don't, I, I don't think tape. that money is really, I mean, I don't think it's going to be that big a deal. Hey, thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate it. We head to the break. Much more to come right after
0: this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.
6: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free, no insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMS.com Paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMS.com Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan.
1: Absolutely.
2: And we have Seth Emerson coming up here in a few minutes and then Joe Pompliano and Brendan Steenbergen. What did I hear there from the peanut gallery? Oh, a lot of humps. Uh,
7: John is up next in Louisville. Hello, John. Hey, good afternoon. And uh, did you remember to take the uh, sales sticker off your box of candy uh, last night? I I did.
2: Uh, uh, Unfortunately, uh, there was another one underneath uh,
7: saying half price. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Paul, uh, I'm going to I've got three quick items. I'm not like bash. Um, By the way, put bash on a timer. Um, by the way, here's what I medicine. want to do with Bash yeah. in the future, John. Uh,
2: let's say we go to Bash at 315. My suggestion to the producers is get Bash on the horn at 310 and just say, you're on the air. And by the time we, we get to him, we might actually have <laughs> gotten to a, gotten to
7: a, close to a point. <laughs> yeah, get the preamble out of the way. Yeah. You're right. Um Three quick things. Uh, I'm going to move the uh, breakup of Taylor Swift and uh, Treby, Trevor uh, Kelsey from uh, six months to six weeks. Yeah, he I showed up to that celebration last night, stone cold drunk, yeah, couldn't talk. He's a loser. Flirt his song. And uh, then he goes on, does selfies and uh, parties. I, would, I, think, I, I think she's smarter than we are. I think she's you know,
2: she's got a couple of really great breakup songs. One of my favorites. Uh, uh, so she two or three that are uh, just classic songs. I think she's looking for another one and she's but she's about to have
7: it. Yeah, for yeah, he went from meathead to clueless and classless. No. Um, this second item, Ohio State, um, I don't think they're all that. I mean, they hire uh, uh Ross Bjork and uh, he's the same guy that uh, extended Jimbo's contract and embarrassed uh, Mark Stoops and now they fired their coach basketball coach and they're gonna owe 12 million I think they're heading in the wrong direction I mean I, I you know to me Ohio State reminds me much of the live golf tour not quite the best but we will pay you crazy money to come and play there and finally um, the CFP vote coming up on the 20th and it appears to me that uh, the uh, Washington State University uh, member, board member, is uh, extorting money from them. He agrees with the 5-7 format that's needed, but it, apparently they want to By the
2: way, that, that the same army. guy, uh, that president of, of Washington State, he's the one that killed the 12-team playoff going uh, to this past season, remember? You're right. You're
7: absolutely right. His name right. is Schultz. And, uh, yep, Schultz, that's his name. The, Schultz, the I call him. And, Yeah. And uh, they're going to get five to six million as a power five member the next two years under the CFP. To me, I don't mind them getting the
2: money. I just don't want to see them in the playoff.
7: Right. I mean, they're like two orphans, them in Oregon State. They're out there floating in the uh, Pacific and they're being foster cared by the Mountain West this next season. And apparently they want to extend it beyond the two years. They want to keep collecting money uh, like a Pac-12 member. Beyond the two years.
2: Absurd. I mean, just simply uh, yeah, beyond
7: comprehension.
2: Have a good show, Paul. Thank you, John. Appreciate it very, very much. Uh, let's check in with Al in Memphis. Uh, hello, Al.
3: Hey, Paul. Good to talk to you again, Thank you buddy. very much,
2: Al. Always good.
3: Um, I got one quick question. Well, not a question, but a comment. If Ohio State fires their basketball coach, LSU needs to fire theirs. I mean, recruit a kid that can't even hit the goal from three feet away. I mean,
2: mean, they've had a few embarrassing losses.
3: No, they're embarrassing every time they get on the floor. I mean, these kids, I mean, I, I don't understand how you can't hit an open shot. They throw passes away and nothing's changed. This coach has not tried to change anything. So that's my comment. That's the guy that needs to go. Have a well, good day, you, Paul. Talk yeah, you, you know, I
2: mean, I, listen, I, I mean, we don't, uh, we're more than happy to hear calls, but I mean, there are a couple of uh, programs right now that are that are that are really struggling. A couple of them are really doing great. Uh, that Auburn game was was really interesting uh, yesterday because Auburn was a team that 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 has really been uh, at times erratic. Uh, I mean, for a team that a lot of us thought maybe it was a Final Four team a couple of weeks ago, but man, last night uh, they just uh, he emptied out that place. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it very, very much. Uh, let's check in with with Jose in Kentucky. Hello, Jose.
8: Hello. How's it going, Paul? Very well. Uh, thank you. As you know, uh, you've been the source of my college football news since I was a kid. And, uh, big fan. Um, I just have a quick question. Um, do you think that uh, with the college playoff expanded to 12 teams that um, – Kentucky's football program, which has um been decently relevant, I guess in the last few years, do you see them um, anyway making it into the twelve team playoff?
2: No, I don't.
5: Uh, so you don't think that they're
2: let well, I me mean, uh, um, uh, hey be jose tell me this that? give me give me give me some reason to believe that this program is going to elevate itself to that type of level, which means you get you have to go nine and three or ten and two to get in. Right. Did you, did you uh, see anything well, last did year back that would make the, you believe that? Uh,
8: no, not definitely not last year, but uh, the company I they, they have a really good quarterback that, coming then, in, um, but they've also lost the uh, coordinator.
2: I mean I, I, yeah I have I have been burned so many times trying to t- buying stock in Mark Stoops. Right. Uh, what about that kid though from Georgia? The, well, no, I did. Yeah, uh, I mean, Vanderbilt he, he, hes he's, a, hes an elite quarterback, uh, but, but it, it, it depends on on really how he's coached. Uh, Cone leaving right. is a is a big blow, but uh, I'm—I—I I'm, I mean, I, I think Kentucky just needs to have a good season before they start worrying about the playoffs. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it very very much. Darren is up next. Uh, hello, Darren.
0: Oh, hey, Paul. Thank you. I tried to speak to you on Tuesday, but it came up to a break, and I couldn't finish my call, and I understand that. But my main point was I didn't like what I-Man had to say on that particular day. Obviously, you'll know what I'm talking about. But, and I had said to you that, you know, I know Auburn players and stuff and this, that, and the other, but um, do you remember a name called Ed West? Green Bay Packers called him uh, the toolbox?
2: Sure, I remember, Ed.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he went to school with me, too. So uh, my my big thing is, is I mean, um, there's a story about Ed West that I just wanted to share with you. Um, back in the day, Bear Bryant came to look at him at school, believe it or not. Bear actually drove up to Cobb County High School in Leighton, Alabama. Had a look at him and said, I don't like his knees. And he walked away, and Pat Dye gave him a scholarship to Auburn. And then he went on to play 14 years in the NFL. Ain't that a trip?
2: That is amazing. Uh, that's uh, that's quite extraordinary. Hey, thank you much for the call. We have a guest coming up in a minute. We are going to take a short break, and we are coming right back.
0: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.
6: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
2: Welcome back. Uh, This is the time that we thought we would be talking about uh, that three-peat from the University of Georgia, but we all know uh, a little funny thing got in the way. The headline uh, is... Will it really be Georgia and everyone else in 24? So we're right back to where we started. Seth Emerson joining us. Seth, first of all, uh, good to have you back on the show. Uh, What has it been like since we uh, last saw Georgia? I think uh, I turned it off at 75-3 to against Florida State. Maybe I missed a couple (laughs) of touchdowns. But uh, what's going on in uh, Georgia land?
1: You know, uh, not too much. Some assistant coaching changes. Uh, There was the Caleb Down saga, but all in all, it's just kind of settled back into, well, it stunk not to win it all, but they're going to be preseason number one again. And I I think Paul, some kind of realization about what the schedule is going to be this year and how difficult it's going to be and kind of processing all the changes that are going to be happening in general in college football and where Georgia fits in that. But, uh, they return their starting quarterback. They return a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Relatively, I, you know, unscathed by the portal is a term that I'll throw out in the sense of players that were going to be important key pieces this year um, and added some good players in the portal. So I, they feel good about where they are, but they also have been in this position before being a preseason number one and having these expectations. So that part's not gonna be anything like new or put them in all of anything.
2: And Seth, you mentioned some coaching changes. Uh, The one I am curious about is Scott Cochran, who made such big headlines when that hire was made uh, three or four years ago. Uh, Can you take us through the the timeline? We, We know he left briefly. For some personal issues, Uh, he came back. But uh, in the end, how would you evaluate uh, that pickup from the Alabama staff that is now over with?
1: Well, go back. It was uh, 2020 before the pandemic hit, I believe, when he left Alabama as strength and conditioning coordinator, come to Georgia as an on-field coach, special teams coordinator. Uh, He was with the program for a year, and then he left. For personal reasons, and he he tweeted it out. He I don't think he ever gave any interviews about it, but he tweeted out about being later one year sober. So, you know, I, you feel comfortable saying that that was that he went away for for that reason. Um, and he, but when he came back to the program the last couple of years, he was off the field. He was he still carried officially the special teams coordinator title, but I think what we've all learned in college football is that most programs everybody chips in on special teams and and so he was doing some off-field stuff but um, I, I, I think ultimately over the last couple of years he it, it he didn't have probably as big a role as as maybe he envisioned and he I, I, I'm not sure really Paul where where he goes now um, he might be taking some time off uh, or he might be looking for another job the the uh, release yesterday about him and Daryl Dickey, who was an offensive analyst last year, um, said that both resigned to pursue other opportunities. So maybe we'll see them pop up somewhere else.
2: So let's talk about uh, this program because, it, you know, we're so used to Georgia being at, at the top of, uh, of the food chain, Seth. I know, We've kind of moved on from the SEC championship game, but how much angst is there or is there any over that opportunity getting away from Georgia, not 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 obviously being in the playoffs when, when everybody was just so certain they would be?
1: Angst, definitely in the sense of there's a lot of confidence that if they had gotten in the playoff that uh, they would have done some damage. Um, that two years ago in pretty much the same exact situation, they did that. They rolled over Michigan and then they beat Alabama when they got another shot at them. But this time they didn't get another shot, and I don't hear much from Georgia fans saying they deserve to get in the playoff. I think there's a, a vast majority I understand they they did not uh, they did not deserve one of the best four. I think the angst is from losing that game and from being one year earlier the playoff coming one year late for them that they would have gotten in a 12-team playoff and a lot of teams probably or a lot of people probably would have made them one of their favorites to go ahead and win it. Um, But it's not an angst level of say 2012 losing that SEC championship game Um, or uh, 2018. Um, I think having those two titles (laughs) to lean on and no longer having that 41-year drought to end uh, takes a lot of that angst level out.
2: And, and Seth, on that point, and uh, it has been analyzed to death, the effect, what it means of Nick Saban leaving, but from, from the Athens view, uh, what does it mean that Saban is gone?
7: <laughs>
1: you know, I, I think because because they beat him once, there's not this like, oh, he left before we had a chance to to beat him um but the most recent game they did lose to him so there's probably more gladness i don't is that a word paul did i make one up i
2: don't i think it's a good one by the way i like it
1: yeah there's probably gladness quote unquote that it happened um and i think i think people are more you know people in this world are more forward-looking than backward-looking they're not reflecting on the Georgia versus Saban era and all the games they're they're looking uh towards what it means for 2024 and going forward especially since Georgia does go to Tuscaloosa and I think because of Saban's retirement and what Alabama lost as a result in the portal that a lot of people have more confidence in Georgia's ability to win that game in Tuscaloosa than did before. Um, so I think they're looking at it from from that standpoint and there there's there's more confidence going forward that uh, maybe Alabama will take a hit, and it will not be the Alabama that was a recruiting juggernaut the way it was under Saban. We shall see. Um, Kalen DeBoer, it's, it's too early to say.
2: Seth, uh, you will be uh, very pleased to know that gladness is not a word I've ever heard before, but it is actually a word.
1: Okay. Well, I can, I can win uh, Scrabble against my uh, wife next time by using that.
2: <laughs> We're talking to Seth Emerson here. Um, <laughs> Seth, uh, j- just in terms of the schedule, and, and everybody has seen it a million times now, uh, obviously the game at Alabama, the game at Texas, uh, are those the ones uh, the dog fans are, are gnawing on right now? Uh, w- w- Kentucky early, I don't know. That, that has not proven to be that uh, big of a juggernaut. Uh, other than that, I guess November 9th at Ole Miss, Looks rather uh, ominous. Uh, What's the view of the schedule?
1: Well, the Texas game is gnawing at people's bank accounts uh, because the prices for that weekend are ridiculous. As soon as that that date was leaked, uh, I believe Chris Lowe at your network got it first. Georgia fans started going online and realizing that the prices are through the roof in Austin, particularly since there's a Formula One race in Austin that weekend. Um, I'm still waiting to make my tickets when prices go down. If anybody else sees that, let me know the right time to make mine. But, yeah, I think Kentucky is interesting because Brock Vandergriff and Jamon Dumas-Johnson transferred there. So one of you know, the former five-star quarterback that was a potential Georgia starting quarterback at one point is going to be Kentucky starter, and then a the guy who was a key defensive piece for a, for a couple years is – uh, Got to be at Kentucky, but I when we've it, it's interesting. Texas, I think, is clearly people would say the the hardest one right now. You wonder if Alabama and Ole Miss have flipped, where what Ole Miss did in the portal and what we talked about with Alabama and what they had lost. Whether Georgia fans regard as Ole Miss as the harder game. Um, I do think that. A lot of Georgia fans, I think, are also appropriately recalibrating their expectations because of the schedule. Recalibrating—I'm pretty sure that also is a real word, but I've not use that. As a yeah. Um, but there is an understanding that ten and two with that schedule might actually be pretty good, and probably would be good enough to get in the twelve-team field. And that a lot of people, when you talk about the mentality of the Georgia fan base, and when I talked earlier about kind of processing all the changes in college football in the sec this year with expansion and the new schedule is that the uh playoff expansion came at the right time for georgia as far as its schedule because with those three road games Ole miss alabama texas if georgia can win one of them they still need to go 9-0 in the rest which you never know you never know what might i mean no one knew missouri was going to be as good and missouri thankfully for georgia is not on their schedule um, but it, it's, it, there's a lot of exciting thoughts. I think also after the last year or two, um, I think people are happy about the schedule. I think people are happy about being able to go these places. They didn't get to go to Oklahoma last year. Um, the Georgia fans are antsy for some good trips, and they definitely are getting them.
2: Great stuff, as always, Seth Emerson. We appreciate it. Uh, my gladness level is at an all-time high for you having uh, graced us This afternoon, we'll take a short break. More of your phone calls right after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. And we're back, and Robbie is up next. Good afternoon, Robbie. Hey, Paul, how you doing? We are doing great. Thank you.
8: Good. I really enjoy your show. I've been a long-time listener and wondered You're a great storyteller, and I I wondered if you had any Mobile, Alabama uh, sports stories. I know we're famous for Mardi Gras and, you know, fishing, Jimmy Buffett, Forrest Gump, all that. But as far as sports goes, I bet you've got some good stories maybe about, you know, I don't know, anybody from Hank Aaron to Kenny Stabler or Julio Jones. I just love hearing about stuff not just mobile but down here you know along the coast and yeah you know i
2: think i think what people don't understand and, and i've spent a lot of time in and out of that town is uh you mentioned it i mean you got uh so many uh, great ball players from down there but uh, you have to start with with hank aaron i mean he's uh one of the two or three most famous baseball players uh of all time And one of the great examples uh, and what he went through in in, in chasing Babe Ruth's record in 1973 and ultimately uh, breaking it the next year is uh, is is pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, But I guess uh, Kenny Stabler to me might be the all time character. Uh, uh, I mean, and this is I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but probably the most famous Kenny Stabler story involves uh, someone from my former profession a sports writer there was a guy named uh, you ever heard the story right a guy named bob padecki i think this is late 70s who uh, who covered stabler uh, out in the in the bay area and this guy came down to mobile to uh, do a hit a hit piece on kenny and as you know robbie uh, kenny had a few friends on the on the beach down there in gulf shores and this and this sports writer All of a sudden, uh, I can't remember whether he was in his hotel or in his car, but he uh, the police stopped him and find (laughs) cocaine on his possession. By the way, clearly planted by the police on the behest of one of Stabler's friends or Stabler himself. And it became a a national story uh, when the guy accused Kenny of of trying to get him arrested for possession of cocaine. But by the way, uh, it, it's not like just making one phone call. You you get arrested in in, in uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama, <laughs> for for cocaine back in in '78 or '79, and you're down there to hurt Kenny Stabler. You're not exactly getting out of jail quickly. So uh, it t- it took a while, but uh, I had a run in with Kenny not long after that, and I was scared to death because uh, I went to his uh, his. Uh, by the way. Uh, I'm trying to remember who Craig Stevenson did a piece on this for the Mobile Press uh, a couple years ago. Um, I went to Kenny Stabler's football camp at Marion, Alabama. My first, probably my first assignment uh, as a sports writer. And I mean, everybody was drinking. There was women everywhere. This is at a military school. (laughs) And uh, I interviewed uh, Kenny's girlfriend was, was, I mean, you just, I, I'll try to keep this as clean as possible, but just imagine you're the Super Bowl MVP, you're Kenny Stabler, you got the long hair, you got the reputation. Just try to imagine a young lady being with Kenny Stabler. I mean, we're not talking about the girl next door, okay? So uh, I, uh, I, got a, I got a hold of uh, Jackie, Jackie was her name, and, and did an interview with her, and Kenny found out about it. And the next, the next day, he walks in and says, "You, you're with, you come with me right now." And I, I said, "Okay, what do you need, Kenny?" And he like put me up against the wall. He said, "You keep your hands off my girlfriend." I said, "Kenny, I was just interviewing her." He said, "You get anywhere near her again," he said, "and you'll regret it <laughs> the rest of your life." I'm like going, "Okay, okay." I I just wrote that down in my notebook as soon as I walked away, and I went back and did a hit piece on Kenny Stabler, uh, which. Uh, <laughs> He, he, Kenny never understood that the media had the last word that's why that whole debate about him being in the Hall of Fame was so classic and uh, it ended up that his attorney Henry Pitts who I later became close friends with from Selma uh, he threatened to sue us and as, as a young reporter that's actually a big deal when somebody threatens to sue sue you but, it, it, but anyway I, I know I'm going way off base here Robbie but Okay, the reason is, uh-huh. I, could, I could tell you a hundred stories about uh, that area, but uh, those are two that come to mind.
8: Well, those are two of the best. We ran into Kenny Staver once, and he needed to borrow some money. He brought us that famous sports painting of him as a quarterback by, I think, Nimrod or somebody. And we lent him some money, and then he forgot he gave it to us. We had to track him down years later. Get his training back. Yeah, no, he's. Uh, I mean, I, I got to know care. Kenny
2: uh, as he got older. I got to know him. I, I. We ended up sitting next to each other on a flight one day. Uh, we were going to play in uh-huh. a charity golf tournament uh, honor that that Mike Godfrey from who used to live down in Mobile uh, put on. And he really. Uh, he uh-huh. told me the story. Um, this might be my favorite Kenny Stabler story. He told me a story about the Raiders were playing the Jets. And. He uh, his his teammates always would alibi for him to uh, you know they they would, you know during bed check I mean he was out with some somebody some woman obviously and he called I'm trying to remember who he called he called one of his teammates about six or seven in the morning they were playing at Shea Stadium he said just he he said just bring my bring my stuff to the stadium I'll meet you there Kenny like. All night drinking, carousing with this young lady in New York, went from her her apartment straight to the game. Never slept, and I think he had like three touchdowns. And
7: uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, mean, the the
2: Raiders won the game. It didn't matter. Kenny didn't didn't need sleep. He didn't need a shower. He didn't need to sober up. He just needed the ball.
8: (laughs) That's great. Well. Well, I won't keep uh, keep your time, but uh, I'm glad you mentioned Hank Aaron because I, I did meet Hank a couple of times, and he was not just a great baseball player, but he was really somebody who, uh, as far as the times he grew up being, African no, he's American one of the uh, all, Robbie, one of the all time people. Really Thank you so
2: very much. Uh, really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. We'll take a short break. We are coming back. You're
0: listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.